0: TheYeshiva.net. Thank you so so much, Reb Naftali, my dear friend. Let me one moment. Lachaim, lachaim, But we forgot. What does it make it lachaim with it? Lachaim, Lachaim, to you and your families and your communities and constituents and all of British jury, and all good people around the world and all our brothers and sisters. Okay. Reb Naftali, we're good to go? We've been pretty good to go for, for a little while now. Okay, beautiful. So, first of all, thank you for the schus. Thank you for the privilege of being here with all of you. Eilam Hayidus, the world of friendship and affection and love. Of course, uh, Reb Naftali sent me last night a video of 30 seconds and on top it said nostalgia and it was basically my reactions when I was sitting amidst the clutter of his office and trying to get his loyal assistant to clean up that office so I shouldn't be burdened by everything going on over there. I can only imagine what it looks like now after nine and a half months of lockdown. I'm not even going to imagine what that office looks like but it certainly brought back very uh endearing and sweet memories of our visit together last year at the Leno Conference and its uh, sum- summation as we sat together with the Hevra of Olam HaYididis, my dear friends, many of you who have communicated with me by email over the year and whose relationships I now consider very dear and heartwarming. And due to the circumstances obviously we meet again in a different context with different circumstances in a different situation and on this meeting we say "gam zum Latoiva. so we make the best out of it and we maximize the opportunities and potentials that exist here at this moment again i want to thank rab naftali for extending this invitation both today and god willing next week for the lenu official conference and I'm so happy to be here with uh, so many of you dear friends, the rabbis and the rabbitsons, the leaders of uh, so many communities of Ahenu Israel here I could say I guess here in Great Britain because we are now together and ultimately Makkaim is not a hefs on the neshama. Space doesn't create a barrier a between the Jews and Avim Shabbashamayim and even a Mechitzah uh, does not Mafsek between one Jew and another Jew. Aravim Zabaza mixed, and especially in today's technology, where we could perceive it quite, even with our physical senses, that the whole world is is deeply connected. So, first and foremost, I want to. Uh, gets pretty much straight to my points, without a lot of fanfare and without a lot of drama, I want to address what I think are some important points of Jewish leadership today. Each and every one of you, the women and the men in your own unique way, are shluchim of the Rebbeinah Sholeilam, your messengers of Hashem, to bring the Dvar Hashem, the word of God to our brothers and sisters, of all demographics of British jury and beyond. I know each and every one of you is involved with a different demographic, different type of work, different quality of work, different flavor, different taste, different types of people. Some of you are involved with what we call, I don't like the name, but we call Haredi jury. Some of you are involved with more progressive elements of jury, more modern, more affiliated, less affiliated, more secular, less secular, more right-wing, more centrist, very from, somewhat from, a little from, not from at all. Some of you are involved with uh, older people, some of you with students, teens, youth, boys, girls, men, women, of so many different persuasions. And that's really the uniqueness of Olam Hayyadidus, and it's here where I think it's important to emphasize a few very powerful points. Point number one, and to say it straight the way it is, there is today a unprecedented opportunity that did not exist before Corona. Yes, Corona has hit us all hard. We are all suffering. You know, I'm not gonna be here in denial. Denial is only a river in Egypt and tell you everything is sweet. We don't even know yet how it affected children and teenagers. <laughs> should help. All of our children are teenagers, but a lot of people have been affected. You know, kids need social life. Adults need a social life. We need school. We need friendships. We need to play with each other, talk to each other. The first time it says in Torah, not good, is not about Avay not even about Gilear Ayas, not even about Shvichas Damim. The first loy toiv in Chumash is what? Loy toiv Hayai ha'adam levadai. It's not good for a man to be alone. In other words, the Torah is saying the most dangerous and lethal thing for human beings is to be alone. When I'm lonely, when I have nobody I can trust, I have nobody I can lean on. There's an unbelievable word from the Radak. was one of the Rishonim. Rabbi David Kimchi wrote a commentary on Navi on parts of the Navi and parts of Tanakh. The Radak writes, why are we called matos? The shvatim were called matos, sticks, literally because we're branches from one tree. Yaakov Avinu had 12 branches, 12 shvatim. Shevet is a scepter, and mata is a stick, a staff. But the Radak says, why stick? Stick is already after the branch has been severed and dried and became hard and tough, and lifeless. When it's a branch, it's called a shavit Or an anaf. We're not called anafim. We're called matas. You know what he says? He says a stick is made for people to be able to lean on. You go hiking, and you take a walking stick. Person gets elderly, it's harder to walk, you use a cane. The stick represents something I can hold on for support. He says, you know why the Jews are called Matas? You know what it means to be a Jew? To be a Jew means that you're a stick. You're a source of support that somebody else can lean on. I can lean on you. You can lean on me. That's really called Yisrael Arevin. The word Aravim, the Baal Shem Tov said, means guarantors. But it also means mixed. And it also means sweet. Jews are integrated. We're interconnected. It's one. Like all the Svarim say, it's already from Yerushalmi in the Dharim, Klai Yisrael is one organism with different limbs and different organs. Each limb and organ, it's one holistic self. And the brain is the nervous system that has to contain it all. And if a brain says, sorry, I don't I'm in a good relationship with my pinky, that's not good. There's an illness there. So this concept of loy tei v'yo levada is critical always throughout history. But today we see it. and That's really one of the greatest challenges of Corona. And here is where I believe a big part of our mission, of our divine shlichus, applies now. And that is what people need desperately, more than anything else, is real leadership and real friendship. People who become ambassadors, who do not surrender to mediocrity and become victims of the situation, but people who actually empower invigorate and inspire and today because everybody's going through this crisis and there's so much anxiety and so much stress there's challenges in marriages and challenges with children internal challenges and external challenges finances and health people who have lost loved ones and people whose lives have been shaken up and nobody knows exactly what the future holds there's chaos there's turmoil there's pessimism and there is deep distress and agony by a lot of people and a lot of people's hearts. I say to you, each and every one of you, the women and the men, imkata in ata ba'inecha haloi Alfa yisrael ata. Those are the words of Shmuel Hanavi, to show. al You may be very humble in your own eyes, and that's amazing. Continue to stay humble. But you have to realize, when you have a mission, when you give it an opportunity from heaven, not to squander it, to embrace it. Because, Amcha Yisrael Mirubim as we say in Davening, neirayim. the nation's needs are very powerful. And what people need at such moments are heroes, people who will stand up and display by example, kindness, love empathy, decisiveness, clarity, mentorship, leadership. How do you do it? Each one of you in your own unique way. You do it through Zoom meetings and you do it through WhatsApp clips. You do it through emails and you do it through telephone calls. You do it through texting. You do it through shiurim. You do it through deliveries and you do it just by sharing with somebody in any possible way. Every person in their own unique way. Each of you have your own talents and your own demographics. But trust me, today is a time that people are yearning. They're thirsty. They were always thirsty, but today the thirst is so palpable because the world is now on lockdown again. I know that Britain just went on lockdown. South Africa just went on lockdown. People are very, very overwhelmed. So how do we look at it as Jews? We can either become part of the problem or we become part of the solution. You know, in life, there's only two options. Either I'm part of the problem or I'm part of the solution. Vayigdal el That's the motto. Moshe was a great man. I don't have to elaborate on this to this audience about who Moshe Rabbein was. The Rambam calls him, Mifchar Minhanushi, means the epitome of what a human being can reach in terms of human perfection. Like, come Navi B'Yisrael, come Moshe. Moshe grew up in a palace, a lot of comfort, a lot of prosperity. And Moshe could have thought to himself, let me remain in the palace and continue to develop my own intellectual and spiritual perfection. That's the key. When Moshe grew up, he understood Echov, Shimon Shkop's famous introduction to Shariyosha. He went out to his brothers. To go out to your brothers. And what does it mean to go out to my brothers? To go out to my brothers means to be able to say that Ami Anochi I'm sitting among my brothers. I'm here. He saw their distress. He saw their agony. And what's the first thing he does? He sees an innocent Jew being abused. He looks here. He looks there. There's nobody there. And what does he do? Of course there were people there. That's why they informed upon him. And one of the interpretations is, he saw that there's nobody that's going to stand up. There's no man. There's nobody who's going to take things into his own hands and say, I will take responsibility for this nation. As Yehuda told the supposed prime minister of Egypt, the real prime minister of Egypt, we didn't know was his brother. Ki avdecha sanar that's called leadership Yehuda could come back to Yaakov and give excuses say what do you want from me my brother's a thief he steals the goblet of the prime minister of Egypt what am I supposed to do I can guarantee a boy who's behaving but a boy who starts stealing the most expensive jewelry from the viceroy of Egypt what do you want me to do this kid needs help take him to therapy but that's not a leader Yehuda says, "Ich el avi vanarin enu iti." I can't go back to my father without the child. The Sheim of Shmuel, Shmuel Sachar Chovis, the Charn Levrocher writes. He says it's a metaphor. Ich el l avi. Jew wants to go up to Hashem. You want to go? You want to go to Hashem? Whether it's Shabbos, whether it's after 120 years. Ich el l avi vanarin enu iti. The Rishonim was going to say, "Vuzay in the Kinder." We are the Jewish children of Great Britain. How can you come up to me with your own perfection? My soul is intertwined with his soul. You can't reach your own spiritual perfection if you're not ready to take the lad with you, to take every single child with you. And that includes your own children. And it includes our children. And that includes every single Jew, woman, man, child, of all demographics. From one extreme to the other extreme, because on each one of them it says and the Gomorian Kiddushin Lahalakh like Akrib Meir, the Rajba says that benkach atam kruyim bonim. And therefore it's bni so Moshe Rabbeinu So doesn't go back to the palace, the spiritual palace, as it would be metaphorically. There's nobody who's going to take responsibility. And what does he do? He has a choice. Either he says, nobody cares, why should I care? What makes him Moshe is, he says, nobody cares. I am going to be the yidid. I'm going to be the friend. I am going to master Olam hayyidus. I will stand up for this person. And this is the timeless model of what true mentorship and leadership looks like among Qalai Yisrael. It's true. Throughout the generations, a lot of water came under the bridge and the diversity of opinions and the conflicts in terms of ideology, politics, Jewish security, Jewish continuity, Jewish education, assimilation, what form of religiosity has taken the better of us and divided us. It has fragmented us. And we all know that. And it's one of the sad truths about our history. The Svasemis writes, incredible Svasemis. He says, the first day Moshe comes out, and he sees an Egyptian beating a Jew. In other words, he observes the first recorded episode of anti Semitism. What does he do? He kills the Egyptian, kaput. Comes out the second day. You know what he sees? He sees one Jew beating another Jew. And they say, oh, you're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And that's when Moshe Rabbein has to run away from Egypt. This Fasemah says, for the tragedy of the first day, Moshe found a solution. For the tragedy of the second day, he did not find a solution. He had to flee Egypt. Gullus has two casualties. Hatred of non-Jews against Jews, but there's a deeper casualty. Hatred of Jews against Jews. Inner hatred, self-hatred, hatred to my brother, mistrust of my brother. You don't look like me, you don't wear the same hat like me, you don't dave in my nousak, you don't agree with me. Here in our country, would say you didn't vote for the same president like I did. You have a different Mahalach, a different Schnitt, a different Nusach, a different Chalois. You want a different Yeshiva. You hold from this one. You don't hold from this one. You're a Choset, you're a misnagid, you're a Litvak Yeshiva. You're modern Orthodox, you very modern Orthodox, you're fundamentalist. You're a Babavah, a Satma, a chabatska, Yeshiva she a very Yeshiva she a Brisk and a Ponovitch, a Slabotka, a mirer, a Popper, a gerer. And you're koifer and this. How can I even talk to you? Well, friends, those days, thank God, are over. For anybody who senses the pulse, who has their finger on the pulse of the Jewish people, people are sick and tired of this division. We have to. You, we, all of us have to reclaim the nation that God took out of Egypt and stood at Mount Merhar And over there, somehow, there were no labels. We may have differences of opinions. We may disagree with each other, but never ever could we afford to stop being here for each other, to stop loving each other, trusting each other. I need to be able to feel that you can be here for me, and you need to be able to feel that I can be here for you, even if I disagree with you. Let me ask you a question about marriages. You think good marriages don't have disagreements? One of the gurus on marital therapy here in America is a man named Gottman. He's very, very good. He's actually a Jewish kid, went to yeshiva, became conservative, got married a few times, divorced a few times. He's like the guru. on. It. He wrote a lot of books. Mordechai is his name. Is Gottman. Very famous, Dr. Gottman. And I saw a statistic of his, interesting statistic. He says as follows. People think the difference between a good marriage and a bad marriage is Good marriages, we agree. Bad marriages, we fight. He says, that's not the case. 69% of arguments that you have with your spouse in the beginning of your marriage, you're going to have after 60 years of marriage. When you're still, when you're arguing, you're 25 years old, when you're both 97 years old, walking in Palm Beach, Florida, okay? You're coming back from the Gulf. Of course, she's coming back from uh, playing bridge with her friends. You're both, you're 95, she's 97, or the other way, you still have the same argument. (laughs) The windows open or closed, (laughs) the lights on or off, it's too hot or it's too cold, we're going to a milchiker restaurant or a fleshiker restaurant. And those are the smaller arguments. Yeah, Where we're sending our kids, where we're going for Pesach, where we're going for Shabbos, where we're going for Hanukkah, what we don't do for Purim, which shul we don't step foot into, who we... (laughs) 69 of arguments in great marriages will be there even after 50 years of a relationship. What makes a marriage good or bad is not how many arguments there are. It's learning how to live with the argument. We can argue, but we trust each other. We agree to disagree. The argument doesn't become personal. There's no vendetta. I can respect the fact that you have a different vantage point, and we could live with that. This is a muscle for the Jewish people. We have no issues with disagreement. That's not the end of the world. It's nice when we don't have disagreement, but that's not the problem. The problem is not disagreements. The problem is when I can't trust you. When we stop talking. And when we stop talking, we stop listening. So friends, I turn to you as colleagues, as great leaders of the Jewish people today. This is what the Jewish people want to hear. They do not want anymore this tunnel, narrow vision. We have to realize the expansiveness. We have to be able to see the broadness of the Jewish people. Kali Yisrael is a rainbow, and a rainbow consists of many different colors, and sometimes I'll be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's not my own path and my own way. But can you go deeper and really accentuate that which unites us, that which connects us? And by the way, it's not you who have to change. I have to change. It's about my own inner work and real deep spirituality and tolerance to be able to ask myself, what is it about you that's triggering me? And really I'll find out when I'm introspective that there's something I have to work on within my own identity, within my own psyche. This is the message of oneness that today is critical and everyone is thirsty for and eager for, which brings me to the second point and that has to do with leadership. Kalal Yisrael today Always again, but today I think it's very, very seen. We need people who can inspire and uplift spirits, invigorate people, especially the young, children, teenagers, students, middle aged people. And again, from all backgrounds, no difference if you're dealing with people who wear a Shabas, on Shabbos, a hat on Shabbos, a kipasruga on Shabbos, or no kipa, not on Shabbos, and not the rest there's a common denominator people are yearning for camaraderie for meaning for purpose for connection for love i don't know why god brought this corona to the world i <laughs> you know what they say those who know don't say and those who say don't know well i'm from those who don't know and don't say cuz i don't know but one thing i do know our job is not to understand why our job is to understand what is our mission what's our purpose Where we are put in history, we don't choose. Nobody chose to live during this decade, during this century. Our ancestors lived in very different times with very different descendants. But we were put here, right here, right now, wherever you are. And our question must be not why. Our question must be, what are we going to do with our opportunities and our circumstances? Now there's a lockdown, there's corona, it's a crisis. Leaders don't ask, when is it going to end? Why did it happen? How could it happen? This one is Meshuggah. This one is a criminal. This one is behind a conspiracy theory. This one is trying to make believe. There's no conspiracy theory. You can have these discussions with your spouse during leisure time, when you take your daily walk 40 minutes, which you should be taking during this lockdown, if you can, according to the health officials. But the key most important issue is, ask not what the community can do for you, what Hashem can do for you, ask what you can do for God and what you can do for His children at this time. We need voices that will bring together our people, galvanize, empower, invigorate, give people hope, infuse them with spirit, with amunna, with betachem, with depth, with Taita, with yiddishkeit, with meaning, with connection. Connection to themselves, connection with each other, connection with their family, and of course, connection with the Rebbeinah Shalom. When I grew up, like all of you, when you grew up, we always grew up with this medrash. It actually comes from the Gemara Masechta Saita. Rashi quotes it. We all know it. It says that Batya, the daughter of Para, comes to the river. She goes to bathe in the Nile. The Nile is a beautiful river, the longest river in the world, almost 4,200 miles, right? You know, the, the length of the Nile is longer than the the, the path from Warsaw to New York. The Nile is a pretty uh, pretty impressive river. Maybe the Amazon is a little longer, but I don't think so. In any case, she comes to the Nile to bathe in the sparkling, bluish waters of the Nile River. And of course, we all know the story. She sees the little casket, and the Gemara is disturbed by the word Amasa. If you wanted to say her maid, you should have said Shifchasa. The word for Shifcha is maid, why Amasa? So we all know the Gemara says, vayada harbe. Her hand extends many amois, many feet, until she reaches the casket and she retrieves it. And I want to ask you a question. And I'm going to say the question, you'll forgive me, maybe uh, you know, it's a little too blunt. Why do, why do the rabbis feel the need to right away make a miracle here? What's wrong with the story? Isn't it a beautiful story without the miracle? Come on. Hitler has a daughter. Adolf Hitler has a daughter. And his daughter comes to a river. A river in Poland in 1941. And his daughter sees a little basket. And she identifies the face of a Jewish child. And she takes this child and she brings this child to the Burghof, to Hitler's home, and she raises him under the nose of the greatest arch enemy of the Jewish people and of humanity since history. Isn't that a good of enough story? Do I really have to tell you that Hitler's daughter's hand extended? Extended, what, 5 feet, 10 feet, 20 feet, 40 feet, until it got into the basket? Like... It's a story we all grew up with. But like, <laughs> I think the story is better than that. And I want to ask you another question, okay? <laughs> Frankly, forgive me. If you go to the river, if you go to the sea, beautiful seas, great day, you're going to swimming. Yeah, Raftali, you tell me. And you see a little basket, and suddenly you want to take the basket. You know what happens to your hand? Your hand starts going, woo, straight a scene out of uh, out of Harry Potter or some other magical text. What would you do? Well, I know what I would do. I would run away as fast as I can from that scene. Isn't that what you would do? Would any normal person remain there? Well, this is like a scene out of a horror movie, forgive me. I know that it's a Gemara, but I'm I'm just trying to describe the perpl- it's a scene out of a horror movie. You came to get a basket, you had started. and I would run away. I don't want my beer. This is a scary situation. My friends, you know what I'm getting at, I'm sure, right? Every Gemara, every Medrash that you will ever learn and ever teach, if you do not see the pnimius of it, the depth of it, the music of it, you don't get it. The Chachamam didn't come to just add cute, magical stories where they're not necessary. It's like when you play a song and then you play it with the harmony. The Medrash is the harmony, it's the harmony of the Psukim, always. The Chachamam are not coming here to change a beautiful, exquisite story. They're coming to harmonize with us as we're reading the story. They're coming to add the depth and to highlight what is really going on behind the scenes. In their own inimitable, unique way, they are describing the underlying music and harmony behind the story. And this is usually how the Maharal of Prague reads Da'agadais, and the Vilna Gan reads goddess and the Marsha reads many, many of that goddess. And many of the Sfarim of G'dayli Yisrael throughout the generations, and especially in the world of Machshava, and Ashkafe, and Kabbalah, and Musa, and Chzidus, they explore the inner story that's being told through the madrashic, interesting and fascinating explanations. The Kaval Ein in Gemara Shabbos Gimel is about the text Ein Mikri Dei When it comes to medrash, there are so many different layers, as the Maral often says. Here is the harmony of this story. The Chassal are trying to bring out what is really, really happening here. Stalin's daughter, Hitler's daughter, Pari's daughter. She grew up in the most venomous location on earth. Her father wanted every Jewish boy dead, cast into the Nile River. And the famous Ramban and who so explains that this was all a silent genocide. This was a secret of genocide. Pari never said that he wants the Jews kid to be killed. He never told the policemen. He never told the soldiers. This was a general consensus that if you kill a Jewish baby, there's no consequences. This wasn't an official decree from the royal palace. Unbelievable, Rabban. This was all silent. But Batya knew who her father is, the depth of his hatred. Her father's a Hitler. Her father's a Rawani, an Ahmadinejad, an Asrallah, an Osama bin Laden, a Machshamom, a Turkumidei, a Bogdan Khmeronetsky, an Alfred Rosenberg, an Eichmann, a Himmler. A gobbles. this is what you're talking about. Their daughter comes to the Nile, identifies a box. There's a Jewish boy. What is she thinking? Let's say you retrieve this boy. What are you going to do with him? You're going to bring him to the palace. He's going to survive. Your father will see him. He'll kill him and he'll kill you. <laughs> he'll kill both of you. You're a sugar. What you're doing, something doesn't make sense. In simple English, this is not a reachable goal. This is not a practical goal. Somebody would come to Reb Naftali just a couple of years ago and say, "Shif, you're crazy. They still say that. You're dreaming. You're dreaming you're Meshuga. My hand extends till here. I cannot now expect my hand to reach Sydney, London, Paris, Warsaw, Tel Aviv, Los Angeles, Johannesburg, your hand reaches till here. Batya, you are insane. This is not a goal. Let's figure out another plan. You want to save Jews? Very nice. But this kid, you are not bringing to the palace. Parah will be the first one to find out he was a Jewish boy, especially we know that he was circumcised. What's the rational thing to do? Go home, Batya. Go home, drink a pina colada at the beach of the Nile, read the newspaper, sit on the hammock, and go home. Play some frisbee jog and go home. But leches ha-mosa. said, no, 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 no. I see a kid who's going to die. This bastard is going to capsize. He will drown. I will not be quiet. I'm going to send out my arm. I will do what I can. You know what happens? God does the rest. You don't have to do the rest. Hashem extends your arm. And an unattainable goal suddenly becomes a materialized goal. A child who never was supposed to survive becomes the leader who changes world history and emancipates us from Egypt and gives us the Torah and remains our Rebbe, Moshe Rabbeinu, until this very day. Why? Because that woman decided not to remain passive, to extend her arm. That's what you have to do. You don't have to reach your goal, but you have to extend your arm. That you have to do. That I have to do. I can't get my arm to the basket. That's not going to happen. I can't. How many of us don't give life the best chance how many of us don't live our lives to the fullest? Because... <laughs> Nothing happens anyway. Now Moshe Rabbeinu comes to the world. You know how Moshe does what he does? Because he has a role model. Moshe never went to yeshiva. You know who his role model was? Pare's daughter, his stepmother. The Medrash says that, trace is called Batya. But yo, she was a daughter of Hashem, and that's the name he gets, Moshe. There's ten names in Medrash for Moshe, and in Saita, there's another many names. Nobody even knows those names. Yukusil, you know that his name was Yukusil, Yered, Toiv, Tuvia. Who knows these names? We all know one name, an Egyptian name given by an Egyptian woman. She was his teacher. She taught him how to change the world. You extend your arm even when everyone says you are impractical, you, you are impractical, you're dreaming, and the first one who tells it to you is yourself. You are a dreamer. You are hallucinating. You are ludicrous. You are tight. Sober up and go to sleep like everybody else. Go watch Netflix. But Batya says we extend our arm. You know what happens? You rebind your fills in the gap, and your arm retrieves the basket. We had a general, General Montgomery, he said, the difficult we do immediately, the impossible takes a little longer. Friends, our mission today is to extend our arm. Oilam ha is to extend arms. First thing is to extend arms to each other. Extending arms to each other, you'll forgive me if I say this a little too blunt, very often, rabbis between themselves don't know how to get along. We know it. What, play, what plays a role? Our egos. My ego, his ego, her ego. Really, what plays a role? Our insecurities. Who's going to be bigger? Who's going to be greater? Who got it right? Who got it wrong? What do we fail to realize? We fail to realize everyone is a manifestation of Hashem's light in the world. You can't eclipse my light. I can't eclipse your light. There's nothing I can do to eclipse your light. There's nothing you can do to eclipse my light. Everyone has a unique role to play in the holistic, organic oneness of every one of us is an aspect of divinity. And when you shine your light, you help me shine my light. And when I shine my light, I help you shine your light. So we have to extend arms to each other. Tufaginen, you know what to Tufaginen means, right? They do, they use that word in Britain, To Tufaginen. When I hear about your success, I want to say, ah, Geshmak. I don't know if I told this to you last time, but I love this story. I mean, I'm going to to this. The Panovich was a Litvak. He was a kosher Litvak. Nobody accused the Panovich of, of being a chassid emes. He was a real Litvak. He came from Ponovich. He built Ponovich in benebra His name was Rabbi Kanman, Rabbi Yosef Shloyma Kanman Zatzal. But he had vision. He had big vision, larger vision. There was a Hanukkah sabayis of ger, a gerer shtibel in Ashdod. The Panevich Yeravrov gets up and he says, Ah, hain t'votuch g'vot zayin a gerer Today I would wish I was a gerer The next week he goes, a new yeshiva in vizhnitz. He gets up, he says, ah, hain b'necha a vizhnitz a why, why did he say this? No better. He didn't become no a gerer in a vizhnitz overnight no because he had his finger on the pulse of the Jewish people. And he can celebrate the rejuvenation of Klal Yisrael after the Khurban of Europe. He can celebrate it. He can look at another Shul, not his Keh, it's not his Nusach, but he could say, Ah, Ah. Now we all have egos, we have insecurities, but the question is, what dictates my life? What dictates my vision? We have to extend arms to each other. After we extend arms to each other, we have to extend arms to every person we meet. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see, my dearest friends, your arms will extend far longer than you have ever imagined. But only if you extend your arm full length. Reboi will do the rest. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rabbi. Would you like to take some questions? Or... Be an honor. So, if anybody has any questions, and if there's good sushi, you could send some through Zoom, maybe. Sushi? Um, that's, a, that's an invitation. Oh, you're Jackie serving. Jack. <laughs> Jackie Mason joke, probably. Yeah. Uh, do, you want to, uh, do you want to put any questions in the chat? Apparently, uh, um, Rabbi Rabbi Jacobson knows how to use this Zoom thing in uh, you know, a couple of times, an hour. Any questions? Don't be okay. shy. The Nile is 200 kilometers longer than the Amazon. I did not know that, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. So the Nile is the longest, the longest river in the world. Okay. Who supports the leaders when the leaders are inspiring everybody else? That's a great question. And the answer is... <laughs> You have to have, you have to, you have to find the means of sustaining yourself and finding your own support system. It's very, very difficult to be mashpia if you're not filled up. It's like driving an ambulance to the hospital without gas. That's why it's so important to spend time on your davening, on your learning, on your own avoid the tikun consolidating your marriage my dearest friends these days the marriages have to be very very strong got to work on your shalom bias and i know it's not easy the kids are climbing the walls there's no school not everybody lives in a big house not everybody has a courtyard there's a lot of issues but this is priority priority you keep your phones at home and 40 minutes a day, a half an hour a day, 20 minutes a day, an hour a day. You take a walk. You have a conversation. You got to work out the issues. Marriages today are frail. And rabbis and rebbitsons all of you, <laughs> askanim rabbis, it's very important to consolidate the marriage. It's important to build strong relationships with your children these days. Don't rely on anybody else. There's a beautiful void. There was a Hasidic master, the Lechevich Amagid. Listen to what he said. He said, God tells Noyach, there's a flood, go take your wife and your kids into the Teva. That The word Teva means words, right? A Teva, Rashi tevis. He says, when there's a flood outside, you got to take your family and enter into dialogue, enter into the Teva, enter into conversation. We used to think that Judaism will be transferred by osmosis, the chicken soup, the mirrors, the environment, which is beautiful but it's important when there's a flood, you have to go into the Teva. You got to talk. You got to listen. got to listen to my spouse. I got to listen to my children. I got to listen to my grandchildren. We have to talk. We have to be very, very attentive. Everyone is going through a lot. So you must create a very deep internal support system with yourself, close friends, family, obviously marriage, Hashem, and uh, and then and then your 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 the light that you exude will just be much more powerful. Do you think there's one specific area that is needed more than ever right now in Kalal Yisrael? I don't have the authority to be able to answer that question i uh, you're asking a very big question, and i i I, I don't feel. I don't feel qualified to answer such a question. I could point out a few big ideas that I see from my communicating. I have this chus to communicate with a lot of Jews from different spectrums, and it's really very moving to me. I can have one day, yeah. And first, I'm speaking to Bar Ilan University professors and students at Bar Ilan University. Yeah, then I'm speaking to Satme, Satme Chasidim. By the way, there's no Corona over there, but we won't go in. We won't go into that. Hasidim, uh, they never got corona. You know that, right? In Muncie, oh, no corona. didn't happen. Just like global warming doesn't come to uh, New York, uh, certain parts of New York didn't get the corona. But, uh, but you know, and then I have a, a, a Shmuel is with YU, and then a uh, Shmuel is with Lake, a Lakewood group, Gumbelite from Lakewood, a Bachem from Lakewood. So, you know, you see this. And then sometimes uh, Jews who are reform, or conservative, or secular, completely. So I see the spectrum, you know, of, of Klal Yisrael. I would say a few points that I find to be today very, very powerful is, I think the message of Achtos and Avas Yisrael today is incredibly powerful because everyone is gravitating to it. It wasn't always this way. Yes, the last years it's become better, but today especially, everybody's gravitating to it. And there's a reason. Hashem, Hashem is, is planting a c- seeds in, in the world for the Gula. So I think that message of unity, of being here for each other, Got to extend Oylem HaYedidus. <laughs> has to extend. I think that's a very powerful message today. People are very open to it, number one. Number two, I think another major component is Emunah, that Hashem is always with you. You're never alone. You're never a victim. Never allow the circumstances to define you. That concept of amune even amidst pain and hester a noychi aster, you know God is in the hester. I think another very powerful idea is empower people as ambassadors of God, not of passive recipients. Don't watch things happen. Don't make. Don't ask what happened. Make things happen. You're a messenger. You're an ambassador. You're a shliach. So you have divine power. I think that's a very powerful idea. And finally, the fourth thing I would say is our a lot of anxiety is coming up in people, and we have to be able to contain it. Our own and others. A lot of anxiety. A lot of, you know what the anxiety is coming from, by the way? Generations epigenetics, it's intergenerational trauma that's coming out. The last point I would say that I find very powerful today is, there's a very big focus today on Bias HaMashiach and Geula, Animamin, Mamen, and I think that today is a time when we can introduce what I would call a consciousness of Geula, which means a consciousness of redemption, which is a consciousness of oneness, oneness with each other, oneness with Hashem, oneness with the whole world and we'll see the oneness and I think now people are yearning to be able to experience a little bit of that consciousness these are some messages that I find to be very very relevant and they resonate with people and they're very very powerful who should you be trying to be mashpia on this time the religious Jews or the not religious Jews yet I'll tell you I don't want to sound too Jewish but i'm going to sound very jewish i'm going to say Mizeh u-mizeh yadcha. those who look religious are not always as religious as you think they are and those who look not religious are not as non-religious as you think they are today is a very very cloudy world very gray world a lot of people who walk around very religious they're not so religious and you know if i can be honest with you i receive approximately and i'm not now i'm not i'm not i'm not using drama or exaggerations i receive approximately between 2 and 300 emails a day and many of them are from very religious people women and men and bachrim and girls from seminaries and yeshivas and kailil and workplaces, from Lakewood and from Crom Heights and from Borough Park and from Golders Green and from Stamford Hill and from Gateshead and from Manchester and from Jerusalem and from Tel Aviv and from Paris and from London and from Borough Park and even from Williamsburg and Monroe and everywhere in between, including Toronto and Chicago, of people who are so-called religious, but they're so, so angry or so resentful or so lost or so hurt. So I don't have the heart to tell you, oh, the religious are fine, just go deal with those who are not religious. Extend your arm to both. Do whatever you can. Anyone, the Gemara says in <laughs> Erevin, the world is like a Jewish wedding. The shmogas board is waiting. You got to go chap. Chap and eat, chap and drink. I say, don't try to be so, uh, uh, to figure this out to the T. Yes, it's good to be organized. You have to have a plan. But I would say we have a tremendous duty to reach out to Achenu Bnei Yisrael, who are religious. And we have the same tremendous duty to reach out to Achenu Yisrael, who are not religious. And my best example for this is you know, if you had two children struggling, two children in very different places, and a good friend of you would say, my Tayyere Khaver, which child do you want me to invite for Shabbos? Which child do you want me to invest in? And What am I going to tell you as a father and mother? <laughs> I want this Shabbos, you invite this child, and the next meal, tomorrow you invite the other child. If you can't tomorrow, then the next Shabbos. So if you ask Hashem, which child do you want me to be Makarev? This Shabbos I want this child, Friday night this child, but the next meal I want the other child. Now, of course, you have to know your time, your place, your budget, your finances, your talents, your skills. Obviously, you have to do it in an organized fashion, but you extend that arm and miracles will happen. I don't think Aleinu and the whole this and all the organizations that all the Khevre work with. I don't think anybody could have planned the Hatzlacha. If you would have asked, Ted, when you started many years ago, eh, you're dreaming, you're meshugah. but you extend your arm and miracles happen. Our teens are really suffering because they are feeling guilty for, possible, for possibly carrying the infection to the older generations. How do we give them Chizuk? From Rabbi Epstein. I think by saying the truth, let's face it, there's not a single doctor in the world or a single scientist in the world who knows what's happening. Okay? Nobody knows what's happening. Every prediction that they made failed. So to know exactly what's happening and how it's happening, it's premature. It's not realistic. And... So many studies discuss the fact that some people could transfer it, other people can't transfer it. We don't know. We don't have enough research. We don't have enough knowledge. Every doctor here has a different opinion. I'm not now going into conspiracy theories. That's not my schliches in the world to discuss conspiracy theories of Trump and Biden and vaccine and this side and that side. That's not my discussion. My discussion is that a teenager should feel guilty these things are beyond anybody's fault. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Last year, Purim, did anybody know? Did anybody realize? People acted in good faith. I had a huge Purim event. I had a huge Purim event. Did I know? A few days later, we realized what's happening. We went on lockdown. So I think it's important for people to understand that these are things that are really beyond us. It's Lamayla Senu, this whole corona. A guy sneezed in China guy bought some bats for his kids for dinner in China and Wuhan. Yeah, He gave a sneeze, right? And then he touched the doorknob, and a few months later, the whole world is on lockdown. So he's going to blame himself for changing the whole world. It just shows us the power of a person, but for a teenager to blame themselves that they killed Chas V'sholem the Zedah, or the Baba, the Elta or the Elta Baba, who's going to gain from it? You have to explain to the teenager that any guilt that's putting you into a depression comes from the Sahara. If it's coming from a good place, it's always focused on what's the next step. What are we going to learn from this? Not how bad I am. What words of chizuk would you give to a son who can't go to his mother's funeral because he has corona and she died from corona too and therefore he cannot go to the funeral and obviously he's devastated. The chizuk... Okay, the first, the first word before chizuk is empathy. Always. Empathy, empathy, empathy. If a son can't go to a mother's funeral, not only is he mourning her death, he can't even say goodbye. It's devastating. So the first thing is, I have to be able to cry with this person. I have to be able to give a hug or a virtual hug during Corona and say, I'm here for you. I'm so sad, it's horrible. That's the first thing. People have to feel... Don't sit in the ivory tower and say, hey, let me give you brilliant advice from the ivory tower. You got to go in. You got to go into the trenches. You know the Vart of the Baal It says in Toldus Yaakov Yosef that he heard from his teacher. The Mishnah says in Rosh at the end of Rosh Hashanah, it's a beautiful Vart. Which meaning? Meaning the shliach who's not obligated to do a mitzvah can't do the mitzvah for other people. I'm not obligated to blow shofar. I can't blow shofar to do the mitzvah for you. I have to be obligated. But the word is mechuyev. Mechuyev means guilty. So the barsham says a shliach bedavar. If the shliach is not mechuyev. If he doesn't carry a little bit of the guilt, a little bit of the pain, you can't take out the Rabbim from their, from their guilt, from their pain. I don't go into the trenches. I don't feel your pain. If I don't connect to you, I'm never going to be able to help you. So the first thing is when this person is dealing with this pain, you have to be there for them as much as possible. Step two, after the empathy, is to give perspective. Now, they may not be ready for it. That may come in a few weeks or in a few months or in a few days. But the main perspective I would say is that we never know what an Hashem needs after it passes away. We have to trust God. By Corona, there were no Levias, right? People were getting buried alone, without Kaddish, without Shiva, without minyanim. We all know that. Why? I don't know, but I do know one thing. Hashem knows what every soul needs in order to be escorted to the Olam Ha'emmes. And obviously, these neshamas needed a different type of escort. So don't, it's painful, but don't worry. Every soul gets exactly what it needs. Every soul is a chelek eleka mimal mamash. Every soul is a piece of Hashem, a child of Hashem. Hashem takes care of it. Hashem loves it. Unconditionally, avas nefesh, avas oilama avas oilama so you should know that your mother's soul got exactly what it needed, the right escort it needed to be able to go to the Olam Ha'emes. And the connection between you and her is eternal. And the soul sees you even when you're in the home and you're not in the cemetery because a soul is not limited anymore by physical limits of the retina. A soul could see the Olam Ha'emes, so I think, you know, just that type of language, explaining to a person that every soul has its mission and you shouldn't feel this was disrespectful to your mother. It's exactly what the Rebbeinah Shalaylam wanted for you and your mother. There's different types of connections and different types of funerals. And, you know, <laughs> different different people, there were, there were, listen, there were great, great giants who had big funerals. There were great giants who got buried. There was nobody there. We understand. We don't understand. And we don't have to understand these things. But we have to trust that every soul gets exactly what it needs to get in order to be able to come back to the place it has to go back to. How do you balance real feelings of loss, genuine personal challenges due to the circumstances of this weird and lonely time, and at the same time, try to extend yourself to others in a positive way without asking these unanswerable questions? Ooh, I didn't know rabbis have so many questions. I thought you guys have the answers. Just joking. Rabbis are human. Rebbitzins are superhuman. Rabbis are human. And even rabbitsons, some people say, are human. The answer to your question is the way, by ba- way we balance the feelings of real loss and being positive is by being positive in a real way. Being positive doesn't mean that I don't have pain. Being positive doesn't mean I don't process my emotions. Let me tell you something from my experience. People cherish today vulnerability. I know rabbis of your did not do that. The rabbi got up at the pulpit. Ladies and gentlemen, this week is Shabbos Parshas Vayigash, and I'm going to deliver a timely message to all of you. Polished, perfect, British... Reb Moshe Sternbuch from the Eidach Haredes came here a little while ago, before Corona. He's in his 90s, but he stayed by my neighbor. Mr. Busby, Mama, she's my next-door neighbor, two houses away. So he invited me to come for Mincha and And he invited the oylem here. Now, the oylem here is not an Ada Haredes oylem. If you know my area in Muncie, you know their kids go to the army, and Moshe Sternbuch is uh, pretty big kanoi. So... Uh, <laughs> So they all come to Shalashudas and, uh, and he's sitting there at Moshe Sternbuch so he starts speaking now his natural language is Yiddish Moshe Sternbuch is a in his 90s a huge gun in the 1930s You know he starts speaking Yiddish but I look at the oil I understand a pretty good Yiddish I grew up with Yiddish speaking parents a Yiddish speaking community but here, most of them don't understand Yiddish so I tell Reb Moshe, I say, English. So he says, uh, English? You want I should speak in English? Nobody even knew. I knew where he grew up. He grew up by you guys. So I said, Reb Moshe, not English. We want the Queen's English. We want the Queen's English. People looked at me as though I fell off the moon. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'll ask Reb Chaim Konevsky to speak the Queen's English. But I knew that Mosher Steinbach, you can ask to speak the Queen's English. And he smiled and he said, you got it. And he gave a presentation. am Chaya. Now, in terms of the content, I'm not sure it was the most suitable for the people because of his uh, views on the IDF and some other stuff. But I'm not going to go there today. But in any case, it was very, very charming. What am I saying to you? I'm saying in many ways the role of the rabbi of your and the rabbi today changed. By the way, it's also therapists. I once, I once had a meeting with a psychi- with a big therapist, psychotherapist 30 years ago. I had to discuss a serious issue in my life. And I told him, why don't you say hi? Why aren't you personal? He says, it's the first thing we were trained. I said, are you married? Do you have family? He says, We don't, I don't talk about that. I said, why not? So this is the first thing we were trained. Distance. Distance. Objectivity. Coldness. The other day I was talking to a therapist who comes to my show and we became very close. And I see he's so vulnerable. And I say, You're a big therapist. Weren't you trained not to talk about your own problems? He said, That's how I was trained. Doesn't work anymore. Does not work anymore. The greatest therapists today are very, very vulnerable. I want to tell you, dear rabbis and rabbits, it's the same thing. I'm not saying that every person in my community has to know about every issue in my marriage. <laughs> I'm not saying that everybody you touch has to know about everything going on in your life. But the most powerful effect of communication today is vulnerable communication. Vulnerable communication means we struggle, we're human, we're going through stuff with our children. We're going through stuff with ourselves. And we're in it together and we're learning from each other and with each other. The need to hold up that picture-perfect veneer, you know, of the from family for the Shatchanan (laughs) and for Gateshead and for the seminaries in Israel and for Brisk and for Slabotka and for Mir and for Lakewood. We're the perfect family, you know. Those days are over. The only... Families that I know that are perfect are the families I don't know. The only marriages I know that are perfect are the marriages I don't know. And everybody knows this today. And again, I don't think the rabbi has to do a confession every Shabbos at the pulpit. We're still not Catholics. What I do think, though, is we have to be honest. There's nothing. I know. Listen, I speak a lot. When I get up and I tell people I'm struggling with something, The way they listen to me, I would never be able to accomplish if I just talk abstractly about it. So therefore, I don't think you have to see it as a contrast. I think literally it it, it comes together. When so many people cannot see a deathly danger in front of their eyes and in front of the whole world, how do we have chizuk? That we can be instigators of change about ruchniyus, that people cannot see that's a good good question beautiful but I think that precisely now we have unbelievable tools for this and I'll tell you why the coronavirus is the size of 125 nanometers you know how many viruses viral particles you can fit on a pencil eraser if I was the size of the coronavirus you know how many of me you could fit on a pencil eraser around 3.6 billion, okay? And and uh, <laughs> now I'm a little larger, okay? Fortunately, I'm larger than the coronavirus. Unfortunately, I'm larger even than I'm supposed to be. But there's billions, billions, and this one particle changed the world. So when people say, Ruchnius is invisible, it's not real. Really, the most powerful things are not visible. Electricity, molecules, Atoms, subatomic particles, nuclear energy, bacteria, fungi, viral particles, cells, genomes, DNA, none of these are visible, but they're more important than everything else. (laughs) Your genes, which are not visible to the naked eye, are more important than anything else. The more science progresses, the more we're realizing that the more truth the, the deeper realities, the deeper true realities are not visible to the naked eye. That which is visible to the naked eye is not even that relevant. <laughs> we always look for the x-ray. what's beneath the naked eye? what can't be, what can't be picked up by the naked eye? So when you're talking about real reality, the naked eye doesn't grasp it, not because it doesn't exist. Because it's too big for the naked eye, or it's too small for the naked eye. I can't even see an atom. I can't even see a virus. Till the late 1800s, we didn't even know viruses existed because we didn't have the microscopic instruments. As science and physics progress, we develop more instruments to be able to see the Kaya Chapoyal Benifil. And the deeper we go on a quantum level, we see that it's all spiritual, it's all consciousness. Max Planck said, we used to think consciousness is a derivative of matter. Today we know matter is a derivative of consciousness. The reason it's physical is only because my consciousness believes that it's physical. It's crazy stuff. This is today modern physics. It's literally crossing the bridge between the physical and the spiritual, between the logical and the transcendental. Between That would makes sense and that which is paradoxical. Number two, this is a world in which in a few weeks, the most powerful centers of culture, entertainment, and commerce shut down because of some foolish virus that started in Wuhan, China, and one person touched a doorknob. Our stadiums, our movie theaters, our gymnasiums, our malls, our shopping centers, our courthouses, our universities, churches, mosques, ashrams, yeshivas, kailim, shuls. Bowling alleys, restaurants, cafeterias, salons, huge business centers—everything on shutdown. The guy said, "The big world, the big world, was brought to its knees because of a virus the size of 125 nanometers." It's like the story of the mosquito in Titus's head. You remember that story, the Mesectegitten—that little mosquito in Titus's head. It brought the great Rome, the great Roman emperor, to his knees. What does this teach us? It teaches us that the bruteness of the physical world is ayin ve'efes mamish. What we're looking for is the spiritual energy which vivifies everything. So I think today, actually, the world is reaching a consciousness where these concepts become far more real in people's lives. How do we how do we unite people in common growth? is there something that we can do to unite people in common growth i think i think all types of initiatives would be amazing i mean the other day i was speaking to a group of rabbis in, in america and i suggested to them and and a lot of them told me they would do it i thought it was a wonderful idea just as you know throwing out one example i said take your whole community let's say you have 100 people in your community and divide them into 10 groups or 5 groups or 15 groups and make sure that they have a Zoom meeting every week and one of them is in charge to say a vart, a story, and then to listen to each other, 45 minutes. Nobody will feel abandoned. You can have a Zoom meeting of 200 people, but it's too many people to speak. I said, take your community, divide them, make a chairman for each group, could be five people, 10 people, women, men, and let them be in charge every Sunday, every Thursday. They meet for an hour. Somebody is responsible to say a advartaira. They could look up on a website. They can ask you a story, a vart, a joke, an experience, an insight, something. First of all, it turns them into leaders. These are your balabatan, even secular people. And they're there for each other. People just talk. Maybe you need food. Maybe you need a couple of dollars. Maybe you need a loan. Maybe you need a delivery. And that way we unite people and we teach people to give. You can't be the only ones who give. You want to inspire other people to give. And I think all these types of initiatives... Can have an amazing, amazing impact. Think big, think practical, be productive, and utilize this opportunity to elevate people and to turn them into leaders. Because there's nothing like turning your students into teachers. That's the greatest, the greatest impact. The Rebbe taught us volumes through a teaching. What is a teaching that we should have in our back pocket? that speaks volumes. (laughs) Listen, every aspect of Torah has the ability to illuminate lives because every aspect of Torah is divinity, is a lakus. If you want a powerful insight, I mean, I can tell you an insight that inspires me. I mean, a lot of insights inspire me. But uh, I'll tell you a nice insight. I just shared this with the Kehillah in Amsterdam. I thought it was a beautiful insight. We're coming soon to the parshias of the Mishkan. You weren't allowed to take out the bottom from the Oren. You weren't allowed to take out the Poles. Why not? So the Meshech writes, Reb Meri Simcha, the Ur Sameach writes, and Reb Shemshin Raphol Hirsch writes the same thing. The Rabbi Nishlund was teaching the Jews that your Aron must have Poles because you're going to go into exile. If your Aaron doesn't have poles, the moment you're going to go into exile, you're going to assimilate. But if your Aaron has poles and you take the Torah with you wherever you go, you will live forever because you will never be exiled because you will take your homeland with you. And wherever Jews went, they took Eretz Israel. They took Yerushalayim, they took the Beis hamikdash. they took the Kadesh HaKadosh. So what people don't understand in Jewish history. The reason that the Zionists could come back after 2,000 years and rebuild Israel into the magnificent country and blessing it is today for 6.6 6 million Jews came here, but it was only because for 2,000 years, Jews took Eretz Yisrael, the Beis hamikdash, Kadesh HaKadosh, wherever they went. It's because the Beis HaLevi in Slutsk and in Brisk was Kachinzich in the Halachos of Gdushi Rishoyin and Kedusha Shliya. It's because Reb Chaim and the Netzivin Valoshin were discussing the gather of Maisir Sheni and Kedushas Mechitzas. It's because the Rambam and the Raivid were arguing about Kedusha Rishoyin and Kedusha Shniya. It's because the Kasef Mishnah was trying to understand the gather of Kedushas Beisabchir and Taisas were trying to understand the difference of how Pigal happens and the Din of Lishman, the Din of Shalai. because 2,000 years he took the polls... So we never we never lost our homeland. We never lost our epicenter. We carried the Arun. We took the Beis HaMikdush. We took Eretz Yisrael. We were always in Eretz Yisrael. Not geographically, but spiritually. Shachris, you turned to Eretz Yisrael. Menchi, you turned to Eretz Yisrael. Maiv, you turned to Eretz Yisrael. Six times in Shemunasri, you spoke about the Geula, Beis HaMikdush, Yerushalayim, the Poles. That's what the Meshachachamah says. That's what the, the Shem, Shem followers say. Beautiful, beautiful insight about Jewish history. But I added... Something we once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, also, I thought, a very, very inspiring word for our generation. And he said as follows. Sometimes a Jew sits in the Kaidish Akadashan with the Oran HaKiddush. You know, you're sitting and you're shtigying away. You're shtigying away in HaShtikl Gemara, HaToy Svis, Amar Amar Shah, Rebbe Kiva Eiger, HaChidush Chaim Alevi, Shmuel, Reb Naftali, not this Reb Naftali, also maybe this Reb Naftali, but also Reb Naftali, trap, Achidush and your mom is staying in Akadashim. Life is perfect. But then you hear that Sadaid is a Jew. I could cry when I say this all art from the Rabbi. You hear that there's a Jew on the other side of the world, on the other side of London, who never saw the Aran, who doesn't have access to the Run, doesn't even know olive Base. So you tell the them, let me finish the sugya, And when I finish the sugya and I perfect myself, after 15 years, I'll go out and help him. Hashem says, no, the urn has to have poles. So that in a moment's notice, you can tap the urn and transport it to a Jew. who's You shouldn't even delay it for a moment. Even the time it takes to take the poles out of the closet and put them in the urn. Hashem says, no, you heard that there's a Jew who you could bring the Orin to. chop the Orin and go wrong with the Torah, bring it to him. And I think it speaks about the urgency of our generation. It's the work of Hatzolus Nafashus Mamish, As Reb Noyach, Zeichet Sadik Levrach, Reb Noyach Hamil always say, we're not dealing here with luxury. You know, if Aleinu doesn't do its work and all the rabbis don't do their work... It's not such a good idea. It's not what we're doing. We're not dealing with luxury here. We're dealing here with uh age with a fire. And a fire has to ignite a fire in me. And that fire in me has to be ready to be ablaze in, in, in a very positive, in a very positive and powerful way. And if you wanted an insight. I'm giving you uh I'm giving you an insight with the coronavirus we have seen the emergence of the home as the center of Judaism. How can we make sure it stays that way afterwards and not return education to schools or religion to shoals? <laughs> Excellent. The answer is, it's up to each and every one of us. So the the says, it doesn't say, it says, it says, The real place of the shechin is not in shul. The real place of the shechin is in the kitchen, in the dining room, in the bedroom, in the heart, in the cribs, in the beds. Halachically, there's no mikveh for women in a town. You have to sell the Sefer Torah and the shul to build a mikveh because the future of Judaism is not the shul, it's the bedroom. Yes, we love our shuls and we want to go back to shul, we want to go back to schools, but it's very, very important to use this moment and turn the homes into the places they were supposed to be. If you want, I'm not going to say it now, because it's going to be a whole she'er. but look up the Sepharna on the Pasuk, Be Hakoydesh Men Habayis, Parshas an incredible Sepharna, Why it's called Vidui meiser? Vidui is supposed to be confession. Nobody's confessing any sins. Be'arti Hakoydesh Men Habayis, we confess about the fact that the Kedusha has to be taken out of the home, and I would paraphrase and brought into the show. And today is a time, Hashem says, No more beyarti ha-kodesh menabayis. Tayyed My dearest friends, my dearest brothers and sisters, I want to thank you so, so much for being here with all of us. I want to thank so much Reb Naftali and the Rebetzin for giving me this privilege, for giving me this invitation, for allowing me to be here together with all of you. And I want to suggest and I want to urge and I want to humbly ask all of you we need you the Jewish people need you we need you we need your enthusiasm we need your simcha we need your spirit we need your motivation we need your passion we need your gusto we need your umph. we need your emuna great people what did Shakespeare say Rabbi Sachs Oliver of Shalom, used to say, quote William Shakespeare, some people are born leaders, some people grow into thrust upon grow them. into leadership positions, and he said some people have leadership thrust upon them. My dear friends, the coronavirus hmm? has thrust the opportunity of leadership upon each and every one of you. Hmm. Seize the opportunity. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazak, Thank you. Amen. Stay up, stay up. Thank you so, so, so much. And, of course, was from our Twelfth Night, Shakespeare. Uh, the Reverend's uh, has quoted the line. Of, uh, thank you. Yes. Volio. Not all of us know Shakespeare. <laughs> I it, but, you know. I have to be honest. I heard it from Rabbi Sacks. I didn't <laughs> hear it from Shakespeare because I missed that lecture by Shakespeare. That day I skipped yeshivas. I missed that Shakespearean lecture but Rabbi Sachs didn't so I heard it from. There. <laughs> thank you so much. my love and blessings Thank you thank you thank you thank you Good night everybody. Good night This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes.